Well, good morning. My name is Alec Brunson. I am uh, currently the pastor at our Conroe campus, and Pastor Avery graciously asked me if I would uh, preach the word to you this morning, and um, I graciously, um, well, excitedly and happily agreed, um, and uh, I did in, in Pastor Avery's honor. I did wake up this morning, and I looked in my closet. I said, what would Pastor Avery wear this morning? And uh, this is the best that I could do. And, um, but Pastor Avery and I also share a, an important conviction that when um, somebody opens the Word of God, stands before his people, and uh, rightly interprets and applies that Word, it is as if God himself is speaking And God uses his word to shape us and to mold us into more of the image of his son. And that's what we're going to do over the next few minutes. And uh, we're going to continue on through our walk through the Ten Commandments. And today we have come up to the Eighth and the Ninth Commandments. We're going to do two and one this morning. And um, you can find the Eighth and the Ninth Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. And these are verses 15 and 16. It says this, you shall not steal and you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Or put more basically, you shall not lie. And who among us has not stolen or lied? Would anybody say, no, never, I have never done that. Um, It seems that both of these commandments, um, or breaking them, both of these sins when it comes to stealing and lying, these seem to be some of the first uh, that we see acted out in regard to children, right? Our kids, um, or who can remember, uh, you know, when you were younger, uh, maybe stealing something, you know, slipping slipping something uh, into your pocket at the gas station or the grocery store when you were younger. Um, Or, you know, after doing something that we shouldn't do and being confronted by mom or dad, we say, he did it or she did it. Um, And what we've done in both of those, we've broken the eighth and the ninth commandments. You see, lying and stealing, both of these are intricately tied together as so many of the commandments are. And we are all, um, even though we would like to justify it and say, well, it wasn't, it wasn't just a little white lie or, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal what, what I took. Um, in reality, we are all um, liars and thieves when it comes down to it. At some point in our lives, we have broken God's law in the Eighth and the Ninth Commandments, right? We are all liars and thieves, and it's because of our sinful nature, you know? Kiddos, as cute as you guys are, great job helping lead worship. Um, Still, we are all, because of our sinful nature, we are liars and thieves at heart, which means that we all need a new heart. Would you agree? We need to be born again, as Jesus discusses in John chapter 3. We need our heart of stone replaced with the heart of flesh. And this is a miracle that only the Holy Spirit can bring about. See, the commandments, specifically the 8th and ninth commandments, but, but all of God's law revealed in the Ten Commandments, they reveal something about our hearts. They reveal our lack of trust in God, specifically the 8th and the ninth commandments. These commandments, thou, you shall not steal and you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, um, they are ways that we are to love our neighbor. 
They're instructions to us about how to love our neighbor. You remember that Jesus sums up the greatest commandment with you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And then Paul in Romans 13, 9 also sums up these commandments, including the eighth and the ninth commandment, and says that they are summed up in the call to love your neighbor as yourself. So then when we take up the eighth and the ninth commandment today, we're seeing that God is telling us, one, that we need a new heart, and and secondly, that we are called to love our neighbor. We are called to love our neighbor. Here then is the point of the sermon for us that we will continue to work out as we go is this. Trust God enough to love your neighbor by seeking their welfare and defending their honor. Trust God enough to love your neighbor by seeking their welfare and defending their honor. This is what the eighth and the ninth commandments are calling us to as we love our neighbor as ourselves. Remember that the commandments were given to the people of God. They are um, commands that are to regulate the behavior of the people of God, Israel. And um, the you in the commandments where it says, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. The you is plural. And so many have um, desired a Texas version of the Bible, and this is what this would say. Y'all shall not steal. Y'all shall not bear false witness. He's addressing the whole congregation, the whole people of God. This is how we are all supposed to live our lives, not stealing and not bearing false witness. Y'all, everybody, all the people of God shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the law, or the, the Ten Commandments, are a gift from God, aren't they? These are gracious rules that reveal to us God's nature. They show us what God cares about. They reveal to us God's heart. And they also um, tell us how he wants his people to live. We don't don't have to wonder um, what our God is like. And we don't have to wonder what our God wants or requires of us. Because he has so graciously revealed himself in these Ten Commandments or the law. We can know him truly. But what happens when we um, see God, when, when we um, know what he requires of us as it is written in the Ten Commandments, it also reveals our sinful hearts. It shows, wow, I'm, I've, uh, I've certainly not loved God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I have certainly, um, you know, I've given in to idolatry at times. I've not carried his name or bore his name perfectly. I certainly haven't rested in Christ and honored the Sabbath. I have not always, um, what's the fifth commandment? Help me. Yeah, you, we, we've certainly, um, we, we've given into uh, adultery, we've given into all of these things as we go down the list. We see, yeah, um, I certainly have broken these. And what the law was designed to do is to show us our sinful hearts and reveal our need for a Savior. And it gets down to the heart then. And this is true for these two commandments today. So let's think together about um, what, it, what is behind, what, what is going on in our hearts when it comes to stealing and lying, the eighth and the ninth commandment. Let's think together, stealing first. What, what is going on in the heart of a child when they take something that does not belong to them? What's going on in our hearts when we scroll through Facebook while we're clocked in at work and stealing from our employer? 
What's happening in our hearts when we cheat on our taxes just to save a, a little bit of money and thereby stealing from the government? What's happening in our hearts when we don't scan every item in the self-checkout line at Kroger? What, what's going on in, in our hearts? Well, I, I believe that it seems that what's going on in our hearts is that we do not trust God. Um, and we are selfish instead of being selfless as God calls us to be. Think about it. To take something that is not rightfully yours, to take somebody else's property, to take somebody else's money, to take somebody else's w- whatever it is, anything, to take something that is not fr- rightfully yours is to say to God, you have not given me everything I need. You are not enough. You are not trustworthy. I don't trust you. When we take something that is not rightfully ours, that is us saying to God, you are not trustworthy. You have not provided everything that I need. I do not trust your um, sovereign provision for my life. Stealing shows, as A.W. Pink put it, a discontent with the portion God has allotted. And therefore, a coveting of what he has withheld from us and bestowed upon somebody else. You know, many of us in in the room are probably not breaking and entering other people's homes and stealing valuable possessions, though. Um, If you are, I would urge you to repent and, and trust in Jesus this morning. But many of us, that is not necessarily our temptation. The temptation is probably more so regarding our employment and, and the stealing of time. Or, or basically, if we could kind of sum it up um, in, in a larger degree, it would be basically be doing in whatever it takes to ensure our riches doing whatever it takes to make sure that my bank account is, is okay, making sure that I am taken care of first, and I'm going to do whatever it takes in order to make sure that that is true. Charging a little extra interest on that loan, staying clocked in an extra few minutes at work, going to some sketchy website and downloading Elf instead of paying $4.99 for it. I'm not speaking from experience there, I promise. You know, th- this is, um, these are the, the little things that we, the big things, sure, but the little things as well that we do to, to, to save a little bit here or there and, and steal in order to make sure that I am taken care of. You see our selfish hearts that don't trust God. And uh, also it seems for some reason we're tempted to think um, for some reason that the finances of the person or the institution or the company uh, has something to do with the morality of the theft. Like, oh, Kroger doesn't need my 150 for this Reese's because they've got plenty of money, right? Therefore, it's okay. Um, or, you know, my college has plenty of toilet paper, so therefore, it's okay if I just take one roll, you know? We think that somehow, as long as the other person is okay in our minds, that it it, uh, justifies our theft. And this is simply not true. Stealing is an offense against a holy God, regardless of who it is against. And all of these actions, they reveal our hearts. They reveal to us that we do not fully trust God as we should, and we do not trust God with what he has given us. Remember, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, give us this day our daily bread. We are to ask God each day for his provision. Uh, Ask God for that day what we need in order to live and to provide for our families and to trust him. Daily trusting God. 
Uh, Riken also points out that stealing is also an assault against the God's providence for other people as well. You see, to steal from somebody or some institution or some company violates what God has provided for someone else as well. We are essentially, whenever we steal time or steal money or steal possessions from somebody else, we are saying essentially to them, God gave you too much. You don't deserve all that God has given you. So not only do we sin against a holy God when we take We are demonstrating our own sinful hearts, our lack of trust in God, but we are also violating our neighbor when we are essentially saying, you have too much, therefore I'm going to take from you. You see, it's sinful and broken all the way around, and it shows our lack of faith and our trust in God. And it shows our sinful and selfish nature. The call is that we must trust God with what he has given us. So what about the heart then behind bearing false witness or lying or deceit? As we talked about before, both of these commandments can be summed up in the call to love your neighbor as yourself. These are um, commandments that help us love one another, love other people. And I like um, what A.W. Pink, how he linked the two together. This is how he linked the eighth and the ninth commandments. I really like this. He said the eighth commandment provides for the security of your neighbor's property. And the ninth commandment is designed to preserve his good name. So the eighth commandment is about loving your neighbor when it comes to their property, their possessions, what they have. So we protect others' property. And then the ninth commandment is about protecting and preserving their good name, their honor, their reputation. You see how both of these are linked then together with the call to love your neighbor as yourself. As we obey the eighth commandment, we're going to look out for each other and our neighbor's um, their stuff, making sure that they are physically cared for and provided for. And in the ninth commandment, as we honor that and love our neighbor, we're going to ensure their good name, their honor, their reputation to be upheld. So not stealing means we work for our neighbor's good in regard to their property or their wealth. And not bearing false witness means we work for their good name, their honor, their reputation. You see, the Christian's mindset, for those of us who are in Christ in the room, we want our neighbor to flourish, right? As we love our neighbor as ourselves, meaning we're going to take care of ourselves, we're going to make sure that we are taken care of, but we need to have that same mindset for other people as well. So in the same way that we want to flourish, we should want and, and work for the flourishing of our neighbor as well. That's the Christian mindset, but that takes us out of our self-preservation and selfish mode, you know? It's like, it's like our, our light switch is automatically down and off in a selfish and self-preservation mode. And what God is calling us to is to flip that light switch up into selfless and loving your neighbor as yourself mode. See, naturally, our light switch is going to be off, isn't it? Because of our sinful nature, our sinful hearts, we are, are born lying thieves that do not love our neighbor. But what we must do is flip that light switch by the power of the Holy Spirit to love our neighbor, to work for their flourishing when it comes to their property, their physical needs, but also their good name, their honor, and their reputation as well. Again, this is summed up with the command to love your neighbor. You see, the wording of the ninth commandment, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, is that of a judicial setting. Doesn't it sound like you're in a courtroom bearing false witness against your neighbor? 
and th- this is true. Uh, on the face of it, this is what the ninth commandment is talking about. It's talking about a judicial setting because um, the uh, the government, if you will, uh, of Israel relied more heavily upon witnesses than ours today. You know, today we have DNA evidence and photo and video and all of these things, but but um, the Israel's judicial practices were more uh, reliant upon witnesses, which is why the command is found here in. Um, in the ninth word, to not bear false witness. Okay, so this is saying that the command is at its face level saying, don't lie about somebody in court. Don't say somebody is guilty in court and and them not actually be guilty. That's what this is condemning. Um, But Reichen also, he he says that um, the underlying principle is that God forbids every form of falsehood. There's this principle when it comes to the Ten Commandments that one of them, uh, the one commandment is actually representative of a whole area of sin. So this would be getting at any form of falsehood is what the ninth word is um, condemning for us today. God forbids every form of falsehood. Well, what are some of the forms of falsehood then that we might fall more or less prey to in our world, in our time today? Gossip, it seems to be, is a big one. That's having conversation with other people about things that may or may not be true. You know, gossip is a um, one of those acceptable Christian sins, it seems, whenever we cloak it when, oh, I'm just telling you so that you'll be able to pray, you know. Uh, this, this is a, 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 a bigger issue um, that is, no, it, it is actually forbidden by the ninth commandment. You know, and I have said these things too, and, and I think we all have said, oh, well, if, if he was here, he would tell you, you know. Uh, but, but really, w- what this is doing is condemning any sort of uh, behavior like this, any form of falsehood. You know, gossip and, and kind of the, the whispering about this or that is, is a big one that the ninth word condemns. Proverbs twenty six twenty two says this, The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. I don't know about you, but I have a really big sweet tooth. And that's what this verse is getting at. It's saying w- words of a whisper, you know, a little gossip here or there that we hear. Mm, it's like little pieces of candy that we, ooh, we eat it up. We love it. We eat it down deep and it goes deep into the soul. Ooh, it feels so good. But really what we're doing is eating poison whenever we continually spread gossip and, and whisper and, and uh, propagate falsehood. Flattery is another form of falsehood. If gossip is saying something behind someone's back that you would never say to their face, flattery is saying something to their face that you would never say behind their back. Oh, you are just the best, the sweetest. Oh, I love you so much. Roll your eyes as they walk away. You know, the, these are the forms of, of falsehood that the ninth commandment is, um, is condemning here. The, there are falsehoods everywhere. And if I could just dip my toe into something maybe a bit controversial, it seems that falsehoods fly on the internet. You know, when it comes to um, Facebook, it it seems that we would um, share slander, hatred, rumors, false accusations. These are shared on Facebook faster than we could ever confirm the the accuracy of the article. (laughs) But God speaks a word to us here in the ninth commandment when it comes to what we share on the internet and what we share in person Do not bear false witness. Do not be involved in any form of falsehood. It is not loving to your neighbor. 
Engaging in these forms of deceit, again, show that we are selfish, sinful creatures who will do whatever it takes to prop ourselves up and keep others down. That's our natural bent. In the Eighth Commandment, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that I am financially taken care of, even if it means stealing or taking here or there to make sure that I'm okay. When it comes to the Ninth Commandment, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure my good name is held in honor, even if it means dragging somebody else's name through the mud. We are selfish and um, sinful creatures in this regard, looking to prop ourselves up and keep others down. But again, God is calling us to to flip that on its head, to care for others in the way that we care for ourselves. Love your neighbor as yourself. But again, the eighth and the ninth word here show that we do not trust God and we do not love our neighbor as we should. But this is exactly what God is calling us to do, to trust him. And to love our neighbor. In order to do this though, we've already learned that we do need a new heart. We do need a new heart. We must be born again. Like we said, we are born lying thieves. And we can't change it on our own. We need a miracle. That miracle is found in Jesus. Our stealing and lying was so heinous that Jesus was sent to the cross to be crucified between two thieves. Two men that were as guilty as you and I are of stealing. And today, you can have the same response as the well-known thief on the cross who recognized who Jesus was and is, the Messiah and the Savior of the world. And you this morning, if you never have, can call out, just like the thief on the cross, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You see, the thief on the cross put his trust in Jesus and received a new heart. You know, he didn't have the opportunity to, to walk that out, to live out his new heart in his new life, but you and I do. And when we put our trust in Jesus to save, we, we have a, a new heart. And now with our new heart of flesh and not a dead heart of stone, we can truly seek to obey these commandments and love our neighbor as ourselves. We can work to trust God and be who God created us to be in Christ. We can be the people that really do love our neighbor as ourselves. So what do we do then? If you are in Christ this morning, if you have received that new heart, how then do we obey these commandments? What will it actually look like for us? These commandments say you shall not, but what are they saying positively? How can we live this out? Remember the point of our sermon, trust God enough to love your neighbor by seeking their welfare and defending their honor. You see, to truly love our neighbor and seek their welfare and wealth and reputation, we have to trust God. We have to trust God that he has provided what we need for our daily bread. Like we've said, to steal or to slander is to not trust God's provision for yourself or for others. Think, Think with me. It takes a lot of trust to seek the welfare of your neighbor, doesn't it? Because that's going to mean that we are to give self-sacrificially of ourselves to other people in the way that Jesus did. If Jesus is our model model here, he gave of himself self-sacrificially. It means we are actually going to literally have to trust God to take care of us day by day. You know, this is silly, but um, my wife keeps a few $1 bills in the front of her car. Like in the, you know, there's a little button here that you can, and there's always a few $1 bills that that she keeps there in order to uh, give out to people in need as we are driving by on the streets. And um, 
I must confess to you that my first thought is, yo, we can use those $4 in order to buy another gallon of milk for this giant one-year-old we're trying to raise that, that is, you know, already costing us so much money, you know? That's my, I'm, look, I'm not as sanctified as my wife in that area, clearly. But this is, this is getting at what God is calling us to. To, to self-sacrificially love those around us, to love our neighbors as ourselves, to care as much for their well-being as we do for our own. And this brings up a, an amazing principle that I was reading from um, Kevin DeYoung, the Eighth Commandment. The Eighth Commandment is really about stewardship, isn't it? It's really about um, viewing everything that we have as God's. Ultimately, it all comes from God, and, and we are to then steward those gifts. And that's what the Eighth Commandment is getting at. Um, it's about viewing everything we have as God's, and then us being stewards of all that he has given us. And Kevin DeYoung, in discussing the Eighth Commandment, he said this. I, I really like this. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We know this, this teaching from Jesus. Where your heart is, I'm sorry, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But the reverse is also true. Where your treasure goes, your heart tends to follow. If you put all of your treasure into your stuff, then your heart is going to go there. If you're having a hard time getting your heart in the right place, then send your money ahead of it. Your heart will follow. When you give generously to the church, you start finding out that your heart is interested in what is happening. The same is, is true. Um, that quote's over now. I, I love that. Do you, do you want to care more about the poor in your community? Give some money and let your heart follow. Do you want to be invested and involved in the church? Give generously and let your heart follow. Do you want to love your neighbor more and care for their welfare? Give them gifts. Cook them dinner. Watch their kids. Be generous with your time and your money. Watch your heart follow. Again, we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. So in the same way that we're going to care for our own needs, our own provision, our own good name, we are to seek that for others as well. Ultimately, it is all God's. We are called to steward what he has given. Ultimately, as Alistair Begg says, when we fail to recognize the fact that God is Lord of our finances and that all of our resources are essentially on loan from him, we will fail to honor him in these money matters and thus are guilty of stealing from him. So we trust God enough to love our neighbor by seeking their welfare and by defending their honor. So if the Eighth Commandment could be summed up with stewardship of our finances, the Ninth Commandment could be summed up with stewardship of our tongues. When we preached through James uh, a couple months ago, we spent a lot of time on the tongue. But specifically, let's think, how can we um, love our neighbor and defend their honor and advance their reputation? See, what not to do is a little more obvious when it comes to loving our neighbor in this regard. Um, don't lie about them. Don't gossip about them. Don't slander their name, etc. Proverbs 25, 18 helps us think through this where it says this, A man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a war club or a sword or a sharp arrow. In other words, if you want to get into fights with your neighbors, if you want to start some wars, start spreading lies. <laughs> start getting into some falsehood and, and deceit. If you want to see your life go up in flames and wars begin, start dabbling in misinformation and untruth. Again, we 
tend to, I tend to see this more on the internet, you know, where people are, are spreading different um, things that may or may not be true. And we live in a crazy world, don't we, of misinformation. We don't know what is true and what's not true. Um, yet, how is then God calling us to live in light of the fact that we are not to bear false witness? Well, we can speak words of encouragement to our neighbor and about our neighbors to other people. Again, this commandment is positively telling us to love our neighbor by honoring their name and reputation. It seems the best way that we can do this um, as Christians is to tell the truth. Tell the truth. We are called to be truth tellers because we serve a truth telling God, don't we? In a world that's Many people do not believe that there is such a thing as objective truth, that truth cannot be known, that it's found somehow within you somewhere. Whatever you want to be is true. Is true. And, um, but for Christians, we know that um, there is an objective truth. We do know that there is a standard of truth, and it is God himself, and we are to be truth tellers. So tell the truth in all situations and speak it in love, as Paul calls us to in Ephesians. And this will look different in different situations. I think this is for us. In the same way that the commandments are vague in nature on purpose, it is so that we would um, work out what it means for us to obey these commandments. And the same needs to be true for us as individuals and collectively. How, how we um, best speak the truth in, in love is going to look different in different situations. But as Christians, as we continue to stand on truth with a capital T, we will stand out more and more from the rest of the culture. Will speaking the truth in love look like yelling and screaming people on Facebook? Probably not. Will it look like getting to know our neighbors in, in real life and uh, building a relationship, speaking well of them, being generous to them with our time and our resources and seeking their good in all things? Probably so. And as we do that, we know that ultimately Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The most loving thing that we can do is tell our neighbor about Jesus. And we can ultimately know truth because God has revealed it to us in his word. Because God is ultimately trustworthy. Because God is ultimately trustworthy and he has ultimately proven his trustworthiness in the sending of his son. To bear his wrath to um, make an atonement for our sin when it comes to our lying and our thieving. We know that God is ultimately trustworthy, and because of this, we can trust God enough to love our neighbor by seeking their welfare and defending their honor. As our uh, band is coming back up, we are going to respond in worship, and I just want to spend a moment in prayer for us uh, today that God would make this true of us as a people, that we would obey the eighth and the ninth words, that we would seek to love our neighbor and, and give self-sacrificially of our time, our resources, but also that we would um, seek to love our neighbor well and not spread any form of falsehood. Would you pray with me as we ask God to make this a reality? Father, thank you that you have revealed yourself to us that we can know you and you can, we can know what you want from us. And I pray as a people 
that we would be obedient to the eighth and the ninth commandments, that we would not steal and that we would not lie or bear false witness. I pray that we would be a people that truly does love our neighbor as ourselves, that we would seek the welfare of other people and that we would seek their good name as well, to defend them, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Help us to be obedient to this. Help us to work out what this looks like in our own individual lives. And Lord, I pray if there's anybody that has never called out to you, trusted in Jesus for salvation, I pray that now would be the time. Like the thief on the cross, I pray that they would call out to you to remember them when, they, when you come into your kingdom. So now, Lord, if there's anybody that has never trusted in Jesus to save, I pray that they would do that now and respond in faith. And for those of us who have, thank you for giving us a new heart. May we walk in obedience to you now. Thank you again, God. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are going to respond in a moment of worship. I have to run and and get to Conroe to preach at our next service. It was a joy and an honor to be with you. And uh, I urge you, if um, you need prayer or if you want to respond in faith and trust in Jesus, we'll put the text number uh, up on the screen for you to respond that way. And we'll be sure uh, that, that one of our pastors follows up and helps you trust Jesus and walk faithfully with him. God bless you. Let's respond in worship. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.